Every spring, we see the fancy hats of the Kentucky Derby. You know, those hats just aren't for the races. They're becoming big business, selling for hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars. Today, I got to sit down with Zoya Egan and Kathleen Keneally of Fashion at the Races and Zoya Egan Millinery to delve into the business of those hats, fascinators, perchers, and hatinators on and off the track. Now, let's get to business. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Tatiana Ryan, and I am here today with two of the most fashionable women that I know in horse racing, Kathleen Keneally and Zoya Egan. How are you ladies today? Great. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I am wonderful. Zoya, I have to go with you first because you are not only a milliner, you've just gotten into horse racing itself, but you started out as a milliner, which is the person that makes these fancy, fancy hats that everybody sees. Go into your background with that a little bit and tell a little bit, tell people who you are. All right. Well, I would say roughly 10 years ago, uh, I made my very first hat by accident. I was invited to a local um, event, race um, Redner Hunt, eight, nine years ago. And I was told to wear a hat, so I had to make one. And it was such a big success that I won the first place for the best hat. And I decided to give it a try. And a few years later, I decided to continue my education to get a formal education. Um, so I went to London and I had an extensive training with one of the best milliners in the world. And I liked it so much that I went several times. Then I took classes from other milliners all over the world, online classes in person. And here I am now. Now you have made some of the most beautiful hats that I have ever seen. What was your favorite event to create hats for the favorite event i will just have to say that it would be a hat for someone else because everything that i create for myself is always last minute okay. <laughs> like the night before that's true <laughs> and you just like in a hurry and you don't think about the aesthetics and you don't think about the code and protocol you're just making yourself a hat because you need one by nine o'clock mm-hmm. so that's obviously not the hats that i wore um, I would say that the hat that won Devon Horse Show last year, um, it, it's one of my favorite ones. I like working with that material. I like the style. Um, the the girl who won, she wore it beautifully. So that's probably the one is one of my favorites. Now, working with all of these bigger events like Kentucky Derby, like the Preakness, like the Triple Crown, the Belmont and everything, when do you start getting orders for people to get these hats done? Because you've got a timeline. These hats don't take overnight to make. No. And that's a great point. And I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, The majority of women um, calling me literally a week before the event. Unlike Kathleen, who mm-hmm. is contacting me eight months in advance, mm-hmm. which yep. was, is, I like the best because I have time. I can look at what you're wearing. If we're picking the fabrics, if someone is being made like a custom made dress, mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot easier for me and for the client to come up with the best product. So I would say I need at least a month in advance. Mm-hmm. 
if it's more than that, it's even better. So mm -hmm. don't hesitate contacting me six months prior the event. Right. So you should, this is a big event. So you should plan way ahead to have your outfit completely done. Now go into the differences between different events also, because the kind of hat you wear to Kentucky Derby, you may not wear to Royal Ascot in, in London, where they wear top hats and fascinators. And people don't quite understand the difference between a fascinator and a hat. Go into that. Okay. So basically the hat is something that has a brim and it has a crown. So it's the hat, the way a lot of people understand what that is. Something that you wear to the beach, but a little fancier. A fascinator is something that is usually smaller. It can be a huge fascinator, but then there is a different name for that. But it's usually slanted on the side. It can be placed right on your forehead. There's a different name for that. We call that purchase. So, mm -hmm. but basically I brought a few. To, mm -hmm. So that would be considered a fascinator. So you see, it's mm -hmm. not a hat. It doesn't have a brim. It doesn't have a crown. It's something smaller on my side. They usually stay in your head um, on a headband. Mm -hmm. So that's basically the main difference between the fascinator and the hat. Okay. So fascinator, hats, perchers, there are all different names for these that people have to learn. It, this, yeah. What is that? Saucers? Yeah, saucers, so, and yeah. there's also uh, uh, what's that name, Kathleen? Uh, not fascinators. It's a huge. It's a hatinator. Hatinator. Yeah. So it's a cross a between a hat and a fascinator. <laughs> yeah. So gotta learn need all something to attach it to your head. It can't just sit on your head like a hat. You just throw it on. Um, fascinators and hatinators do need to have some way to attach it because it, they often look like they're suspended in air, yeah. just magically appearing. Okay, I have a big hat that actually has a like a rubber band that goes all the way around yeah. the back of my yes. head. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm getting new lingo here too. <laughs> so, all right. So you guys have both been judged by some of the biggest fashion media personalities like Carson Kressley when you go to a fashion event at a horse equestrian event. What are they looking for and what makes that race day outfit really stand out for the judges? I'll start, but then I'll say Kathleen would have a better opinion because she's been judged by hundreds of different <laughs> judges. I would say in general, the judges are looking for the cohesiveness, right? Everything has to be tied in. If you're wearing uh, a full-ish colors dress and the summer-ish dress uh, hat or fascinator it's out of balance so they mm -hmm. want to see the whole look tied in together the colors the style the uh, if it's it should be appropriate to the season you're not mm -hmm. wearing winter dress and a summer hat or vice versa so that's what they're looking in general but mm -hmm. then there is also personal uh preferences one judge might like pastel colors some other judge might say oh no i like bright colors so mm -hmm. you never know who yeah. is going to outweigh the rest of the panel and that's the biggest problem mm -hmm. okay. it, it's well, hard to are... predict it's very hard yeah. to predict um with judges that are constantly changing and to zoya's point i've often noticed that 
one of the winners or many of the winners will be dressed very similar to, to one or two of the judges, like mm-hmm. bright colors or pastels. Um, when jumpsuits came back, it was like, oh, the judge is wearing a jumpsuit who in the crowd mm-hmm. is wearing a jumpsuit. So mm-hmm. that can definitely, their own personal taste will definitely have a strong influence. Um, and, I, and I think also, uh, like Soya mentioned, uh, cohesive look and I think matching a perfectly identically. If you're putting on your hat and you say, oh, it's close enough, then you haven't found the right hat yet. You have to keep mm-hmm. looking or change the dress. It has to be exactly the same yellow, exactly the same pink. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think this goes with the trends too, with you know judges that, especially now, bringing in influencers that are out there to, that have these mass followings, but maybe not so much in the fashion world? I believe that the influencers are great. If you uh, happen to be an influencer in a fashion industry, of course, you are oriented that way. So you know what to look for. But if you're an influencer in uh, restaurants or the window installations, or you happen to be a football player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not saying that those people don't know what fashion is all about, but you would like to have someone who at least is familiar with the protocol or etiquette that goes, awesome. goes along with the horse racing events. And in more cases than I would like to say, most <laughs> people have no idea yeah. what the protocol is all about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what leads me into my next question for Kathleen, because as Zoya said, you've done hundreds of these and you've been internationally known you know, mm-hmm. with your fashion. And you always have like that quirky little thing that catches somebody's eye. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, bordering, bordering on silly, but um, <laughs> I've, I've often found you're going into a competition. We'll use Kentucky Oaks as an example. You're lining up with 300 women and every woman is wearing pink, different shades of pink, but we're all wearing pink. How could you possibly stand out to the judges or have something that would make them remember you if you don't add something quirky to your outfit or something very dramatic to your dress, like a big train or a big puff sleeve, so that even for the judges, they can write down, oh, the girl with the big puff sleeves or the train on the dress. Um, you need something to stand out and help them remember. I personally love quirky uh, handbags. I do get a lot of Kate Spade bags and Lulu mm-hmm. Guinness. Um, a lot of them shaped like hearts, shaped like a kiss. Um, you know, it, it seems to be uh, helpful. And it's a lot a lot of fun. You meet a lot of people through that. They, oh, you know, yeah. Throughout the day, men, women, children, everyone will come up and say, where did you find that crazy handbag? So It's a great conversation starter. You yeah, know, it's absolutely. like I have this weird bag or this quirky outfit or like you said, a train where, you know, yeah. somebody may jibe you a little bit, but, yeah. you know. I can take the jabs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. It's a lot of fun. And I, I think it's also just nice to it, it way of saying I'm not taking myself in this too seriously. It is exactly. after all, just a really great event, a great party and a fun day out. So, well, that's, yeah, it's a huge party that, you know, everybody's there drinking, everybody's there eating, everybody's there, yeah. you know, watching these beautiful horses run that have worked so hard throughout mm-hmm. the year and these and celebrating these business owners that get involved in horse racing yes. to keep these these, these traditions going. Very now, big Zoya, business. Zoya, 
congratulations on recently acquiring fashion at the races from the lovely and fashionable herself, Bremont. Um, what direction do you want to be taking fashion at the races? Of course, it had changed since I took over uh, because when I took over a month later, uh, the lockdown happened and uh, mm-hmm. the blog um, and the whole thing attached to it stayed dormant for basically mm-hmm. two years. So I decided to change the directions a little bit. I would like to make it more educational. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, everyone would like to see pictures and obviously it's still going to happen, you know, articles, posts, but educational more teaching women that when you attend a huge event please mm-hmm. make sure that you do not buy Lilliput's address mm-hmm. because it's not going to stand out mm-hmm. it's not going to be memorable and then don't get upset that you were not photographed it's a highly photographed events oh, very much so right like 150,000 people attending Kentucky Derby Right. So don't be upset. Don't call me and say I was not picked. I was not photographed. No one expressed any interest in me. Maybe we should do something else next time. So just think that if you are spending a lot of money attending those races, please think in advance, pick a right dress. Don't hesitate to ask people like Kathleen who attended probably a couple hundred races all over the world, Mm -hmm. um, ask them for advice. What do you think I should wear? What do you think will stand out? So I would like to take that approach with fashion at the races and just even introduce the protocol for women who attend the events and they have no idea that your midriffs are not supposed to be shown. Mm -hmm. Your certain parts of your body are not supposed to be seen. Mm -hmm. They don't even know that protocols are stuff like that even exists yeah um i have to be honest i didn't know about it i right. know that you can wear whatever you want well apparently not right well now you brought up a really good point about the pandemic and how everything kind of shut down and now we're just kind of getting back into the swing of doing everything do you think this will help people especially women in just their regular professional lives too like people have been bumming around in sweatpants or leggings and stuff like that. And now having to go back into the office, it's like, oh my God, what do I wear? Do you think this Mm -hmm. blog will help them out there also? I I sincerely hope so. I just don't think that anyone would forget in two years what to wear to the office. (laughs) Or you'd be surprised. Plus we have this new gen... We have a new generation that's, you know, yeah. getting back out in the world, the work world that wasn't in the work world before. Yeah. You know, so they're not. They're they very, very, very casual. Um, I work in a building with several hundred people, a lot of young people. And I mean, they're wearing what I would wear to the movies coming mm-hmm. to work. And I think it's fine if you want to come in and stay in your position. But I think the people that have I've noticed move up in this firm and others are the ones that look completely dedicated to it and that the boss can be getting on a plane and tell someone to take a meeting for them and know that they're already going to be dressed professionally and Mm -hmm. not have to worry about that. So I think it's important and I think it does carry through the rest of your life if you start to get involved in it with the races. Right. And that leads into my next question perfectly. Like you bring your vast marketing and fashion experience from fashion to fashion mm-hmm. at the races, yes. but from your work world. 
Um, you know, wh- how do you keep up with all of these different, you know, outside uh, ideal, you know, ideologies coming in? And, yeah. you, know, it, you know, like you just said, people coming in to work dressed like they're ready to go to the movies when they should yeah. be a little bit more professional. Yeah, how do, you, how do you deal with that and how you deal with social media also? I, I really love watching all of the um, summers and, and fall, spring, summer, fall collections that come out on the runway. So mm-hmm. I kind of look to them constantly. But then mm-hmm. I come back and also look on social media on different websites for the actual race courses. I'll look at Royal Ascot. They have a lookbook that comes out every year. And you mm-hmm. get a sense of the style and where things are, are going. Is it, you know, for a while, large giant hats will be very much in vogue and then tiny fascinators will be in vogue. And just keeping an eye out for that and, and who is winning in the major races around the world. I, I think Australian race style is very, very heavily influential in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, England is, of course, and I personally uh, go more towards the Irish style, um, not just because I grew up there, but I do think that they interpret that very flamboyant, um, exotic Australian style and kind of taper mm-hmm. it down a little bit to a look that you could wear to someone's wedding as well and not look like you're trying to upstage the bride. It's just very, it's more subtle, and more elegant, I think. Um, so really just keeping keeping an eye on what everyone is doing everywhere. Okay. Yeah. You had mentioned Australia being kind yes. of like a leader, like their and their fashion, their fashion judging is a lot different. Their prizes are a lot different. Go into Very a little different. bit about that with like, especially Ireland, their prizes yeah. are way different. Well, both in Ireland and Australia, the, the prizes are much larger. You, you could go to a race and come away with $10,000 or a car. Um, in the United States, it's not quite as generous. And I think that that does influence how much women are willing to put in to their mm-hmm. effort for the races. They don't think it's worth their time to spend hundreds of dollars on a hat they may wear once. Mm-hmm. I think if they saw some similar prizes, and I think they'd be more inspiration inspired to go a little further with their outfit. And mm-hmm. like I do, and a lot of my friends do, start planning six months ahead, eight months ahead. It's never too early to start mm-hmm. planning that early to get something that really does match and make a cohesive look. Hmm. That's that's very interesting. I mean, like the prizes are not cheap. Let's clarify that. They'll usually no. give away a Longines watch and. Yes. And a lot of the inspiration with long jeans is very equestrian oriented mm-hmm. from all the races, from, you know, and every single facet with, Absolutely. you know, not just horse racing, but dressage and jumping and, and everything else. So um, it's very interesting to see the differences between United States and other countries, as yeah. you said, Australia and Ireland and England. Yeah. Um, but Zoya, let's go back to you with the actual hat making. What other events have you done besides equestrian? I would say the two biggest uh, next to um, horse racing events would be christening and mm-hmm. weddings. So okay. the ceremonies at the church, uh, more and more women asking me for hats. And okay. that's, I am thrilled yeah. that's happening because I would like to see more and more hats worn every day. Well, not every day, but mm-hmm. on appropriate occasion. So these are the two biggest ones um, that I could mention that come to my mind right away. 
Now, do you think it's becoming a little more in vogue because of like the royal family being so media driven and, you mm-hmm. know, what they're doing with the churches and, you know, they do, it's very pomp and circumstance and, mm-hmm. you know, very clean cut and everything. Do you think you're getting a little bit more of that, that I influx? I think so. And I actually want to say that, yes, in the last two years, I am um, almost hundred percent sure that it's thank you, the younger generation that follow social media because they are more into watching TikTok, they're watching uh, Reels. So, mm-hmm. and those, whatever it is that they're watching on social media, I'm such a dinosaur, <laughs> that no idea what's going on. But they do watch it. They are more aware. They want to be um, quirky. They are not afraid to be, um, to have that wow factor to themselves. So mm-hmm. what I see that more and more younger ladies Almost, I would say, like even teenagers, like I've had a couple of clients that are like literally in their like 14, 16 years old asking me and they say, well, it's not whimsical enough. It's not quirky enough. I want something mm-hmm. totally, totally crazy. Really? And I am mm-hmm. pleasantly That's surprised great. that it's happening. So I, my bet is on a younger generation that they're going to bring us back into wearing hats a lot more often. Well, I've noticed because Kathleen brought up watching what goes on on the runways. I've noticed a lot more hats on the runways also. Do I you have, think that's, yeah, yeah. that's it's, playing. It's amazing. It. And, and a lot of them are using the same fabric as the outfit and the dress, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 10 years ago, that would have been considered too matchy matchy, but it is definitely back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a big influence. And I, and I do think that people outside of the United States do wear hats guests wear hats to weddings a lot more mm-hmm. that's how I kind of fell into all of this was going home to Ireland for my family's wedding and you know sometimes being disappointed to be a bridesmaid because I don't get to wear a hat so <laughs> <laughs> well I, I you even see it on such hugely followed acts such as Beyonce now yes and Cardi B like Lady Kate, Gaga Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga does a lot yep. with that yeah. as well yeah, so that's good business for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, where can everybody find you both on social media so they can follow along or contact you to get a hat? Well, Fashion at the Races, just type anywhere in the Google search, uh, Fashion at the Races, and uh, it's the same on Instagram at Fashion at the Races. I uh, also have a, a Facebook page, Fashion at the Races, naturally. Um, just that would be it. Message where where are we going to be seeing you soon hopefully what race what races and you know events everywhere Kentucky Derby uh Kathleen and I are going to be uh hopefully covering it as media I'm working hard on it uh so (laughs) it's going to be both days Kentucky uh the Oaks Day uh, on Friday which is a very important race please wear pink Saturday, and then we're going to attend Radnor and Devon and Belmont. Oh, okay. And then, oh, and then Ireland. Ireland. That's yes. it. <laughs> yeah. We are doing the Galway races, which is probably the biggest um, racing event in Europe in terms of fashion. Wow. Well, I hope you good ladies will come back on and tell us everything that happened during this fashionable sure equestrian season. And we're looking forward to seeing you there as well. Yes. Ah, 
I will be there. <laughs> at least Belmont. If I can't make Belmont. another one, I will definitely be at Belmont. Belmont is like my, I love Belmont every year. That's my it's favorite. so much fun. Yeah. It's, it's New York. It's, they got that edge to it. Yeah. You know, everybody's alive and wanting to have a good time. And I mean, that like Kentucky Derby is great, but there's just something about New York. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies, so absolutely thank much you. for joining me. And thank definitely you. check out Fashion at the Races. Go to the races. Go see Zoya on, you know, if she, you need a hat or a fascinator or a hat needer or any <laughs> of the new lingo that you know. And thank you so much. Thank you thank so you much for having us. us. Thank you.